I guess we're doing drugs now. Uh, we are doing drugs now. <laughs> Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by Cinema Sins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, a weekly look at everything going on inside the world of Cinema Sins. I'm Aaron Dicer, and I'm joined as always by Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. And Danae Hughes. Yep. We write for Cinema Sins and TV Sins and do various other things inside the Cinema Sins universe as well. Why are you cracking yourself up with yep, Danae? Like, why is that so funny? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. Sometimes All right, fair enough. I'm like, oh, I'm going to say something right now. I'm not. I'm just going to say yep. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything interesting. It's, it's just what, a yep. <laughs> it's one of those times where you think, you know, maybe preparation would be interesting. And then you're like, no, that's not me. That's no. not me. If if all I got is yep, all I've got is is yep. It just happens sometimes. Yeah. I totally understand. You say preparation and I'm like, oh, yeah, I've got to do something later on. Let's see. What was that one thing that I was going to talk about? <laughs> that one thing. I thought that you meant preparation time. H. And I was like, I don't I don't need that, Aaron. I'm very confused as to why you're telling no, me all about it. That's that's like seven levels of preparation. Um, <laughs> let's let's start with with one. Let's let's do preparation, preparation A, a. Just, before yeah. we get to preparation A. Is that what you no. were going? Is that the seventh letter in the alphabet? Yes, yes, <laughs> H is meant? the seventh letter. I believe I could be wrong. I just took I took a stab. It feels like H is the seventh letter. Um, I know eighth. E is the fifth. Is the eighth letter? My bad. My, the joke was so close. Bad. It was so close. Um, but yes, that is where I was trying to head with that. Uh, well, I'm ready, guys. Let's get into it. Let's talk about this inside scoop. What's he building in there? I've got a secret. I've got a secret. Pay no attention to that. We're going to talk about the videos from the week, the process of sending them, how we felt about the stuff we are sending in general, and we like to kick it off with commercial sins. Um, I guess we're doing drugs now. Uh, we are doing drugs now. <laughs> commercial sins is doing drugs. Uh, Otesla, little fun, big moment commercial. Uh, Jeremy wrote on this script. Did he have anything to, to say about it? Started off with the writers. Um, what's some interesting stuff from this one? Uh, he says, this commercial is pretty absurd. The Sins video is hilarious. There's a sin near the end that sums it up well. They just drove 55 minutes into the mountains to a beach where they ate boiled whole lobster from a fucking food truck and then posed for pictures next to said beach food truck's mascot. This is the perfect example of how pharmaceutical commercials think we only hear the words of the narrator and the images are background when in reality we pay no attention to the, no, sorry, when in reality we pay attention to the images and because they make no sense, the narration becomes background. I don't even know what this medication supposedly does and that's just bad marketing. Yeah, yeah, I this totally is, agree. This is so true for so many commercials, too. Uh, this has been my entire life. My mom will call and say, did you see such and such commercial? It's so funny. And she'll describe it to me and never remembers what the commercial is actually for. Um, so this isn't a surprise to me at all that you don't know what it's for. I guess you know it's a drug, mm -hmm. but you don't know what the drug does. You And by the end, then they list like all of the side effects or something, and they do like that really quick you know, right. narrate the, the really quick uh, voiceover of just all of the things that could go wrong. So you know what it, it could do to you negatively, but do you remember mm -hmm. what it was actually supposed to do when you're staring at lobsters? That's the question. <laughs> That's the question the we all have. The side effects is the one that everybody that always kills everybody, right? Because it's just like it's like t it's like set you up for all this great stuff this drug is going to do for you. And then it's like side effects. You could have diarrhea that'll kill you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. Uh, you could give birth to flipper babies. And, you know, it's just. Oh. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Well, and maybe and maybe you want to, you know, and then in which case, just take the drug. <laughs> maybe you want babies with tails. So since we are a, uh, a medical <laughs> podcast and we want to get all our facts right, I have looked up what Otesla does. Um, uh, okay. It allegedly. treats psoriasis. <laughs> allegedly. Yes, we... Wait, I should I should actually clarify the clarification that we are not actually a medical nope. podcast and you should take nothing we say seriously, nope. period, Talk here and elsewhere in the podcast. We're trying to make you laugh. Okay, now that that's out of the way. Uh, Otesla treats psoriasis and psoriatic uh, arthritis by regulating inflammation within the cells. Um, so it's supposed to reduce cellular inflammation mm. to avoid psoriasis. Um so there you go. That there is what go. it's supposed to do. And you can kind of understand why it's hard for pharmaceuticals to like talk about that stuff, you know? Like Yeah. It's yeah. it's it's just like because But here's my question know. and this I guess I kind of think I know the answer, but drug commercials have always been strange for me because I guess they want the population to know that they exist so that the population can ask their doctor about it. Right. But in reality, Shouldn't it be the doctors who recommend it to the patients instead of the patients saying, hey, I saw this commercial about lobsters and it reminded me about, you know, that maybe this would be a good drug for myself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It just seems yeah. well, we know that the pharmaceutical company is just liquid cash. And I mean, I think I think drugs are medications are very, very important. So please don't hear me like poo pooing the pharmaceutical and, and, and medical companies because I know that there is good work being done. But there's also just this part of me that's like, man, you take one pill and it causes other issues that you take more medication for to solve that causes more issues, you know, and then you're in this cycle of having to take medication. And I've seen that in people that I know personally. And, um, you know, there's, I don't know, it's just like, it's hard to talk about because it's a triggering topic for a lot of people because I know medications are very, very valuable. But it's so, so important that you talk to a doctor about it and not watch commercials about it. I don't know. It's, right. al it's almost that's like, my thing. yeah, it's almost like they're saying like, some... hey, you know, try this fun thing. It's going to help you. But it's like, no, 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 no. Talk to somebody who knows the medications you're already taking and how they're going to interact with your body because, you know, you, you really need to be careful about having a lot of medications guess, at once. I guess they're hoping you'll go to your doctor and say, hey, I saw this commercial is this right. something that would be good for me? I mean, that's the only thing I can think of because they yeah. always do say like consult the physician and all that kind of stuff. But mm -hmm. and I guess they do have to advertise themselves. But it's just but yeah, they don't. I always have. That's the weird part is do well, they? maybe they don't. But it's just, I, I well, don't know that they do. I was actually thinking about this the other day. Like hospital advertisements are weird to me too because I'm like, look, if you live in that area, you're obviously going to go to that hospital. Like if something's wrong. I think there's specialty mm. hospitals that definitely need to be advertising because I just, I just like triggered Aaron apparently. By no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not. I was just thinking. I was. I just had a thought, and sometimes when I have a thought, I have to inhale oxygen to feed the thought. It's. I apologize. <laughs> Some bigger cities would have multiple hospitals. Obviously, like Nashville would have like has more than one hospital. Sure. I'm outside of Nashville in a smaller area, so we only have one or two close by. I, so it's just weird when I see an advertisement for it. I'm just like, well, I'm going to go there. I mean, I don't, you know, like if it's an emergency sure. or whatever, you know, it is, you know, it kind of just is what it is. But obviously people can pick their doctors. They can travel as far as they want. My wife has people come see her from Chattanooga and we're right. an hour and a half away from there, you know. So I get it. Yeah. So, yeah, the thought I had and the reason I inhaled uh, audibly and, and again, apologies for uh, making noises while thinking. Um, the, uh, <laughs> the, the, 
<laughs> the thing I was thinking of, I have a friend who is basically the marketing director for a hospital. And mm-hmm. so I've heard the re- like the stories and the reasons and those kind of things that they do what they do. And yes, if you are in a tiny community, you probably have a local doctor and mm-hmm. a an emergency room that you have to drive to. Like you probably don't even have a hospital like if you're in a, you know, a time like we don't have a a hospital in um, you know, our our tiny suburb of where we are. We have medical um, offsets of hospitals in the bigger city near us, right? Correct. Like we have clinics, like clinics, yeah. right? So in, you know, Walmart has a clinic, you know, like, so there are, there oh, are yeah. clinics Kroger. you can go to in most places. Um, but yeah, but there is a, I have heard him lament how people feel like they just have one place they can go when they don't realize how many options they have. Gotcha. Um, and that he will, uh, that educating people on, you don't have to go to that emergency room where you're going to wait three hours before they can see you. Um, there are other options is just a real uphill battle for them. So I know that the commercials are designed to, you know, say, Hey, you know, um, there are other options. Um, and I think that goes for medicines as well. Um, you know, especially when you're dealing with a capitalistic free market society where, you know, that is, um, you know, money is part of it. They, you know, they want to be the drug you take for psoriasis. And so they want people to, you know, think of them when they think of, oh, like when their doctor goes, you've got psoriasis, they want people to go, oh, I think I, I think I saw a commercial about some drug that helps with that. So, but how are you going to remember that it's about I know, psoriasis when there's no th- education about psoriasis in this type of a commercial? Like this type of a commercial well, seems like it's dangling like popcorn and brownies and deliciousness in front of you and then it's like take a drug rather than being like hey we get it you're in pain you know you have this thing going on and i get the idea is you're you're showing someone like this is what life can be like if you don't have psoriasis you can do all of these wonderful things if you don't have psoriasis so that's why you take our drug so that you can have all this happy you know like you can get in a car and you can go somewhere with your friends and you don't have to worry about it and i i understand that that's what they're saying but you might die from diarrhea you could you could (laughs) well it's right there in the name Gosh, I mean, I die, die is right there in the by diarrhea. <laughs> I did not mean Death-a-ria. to launch us into this. I just, I'm always going to have a little bit of a trigger when it comes to like the pharmaceutical commercials for whatever reason. Yeah. And I know it's, it's literally because I know people who have, have, have died because they just took the wrong combination of prescribed medications. And it's just like, oh, please be careful. Let's just please be careful. There's, there's, there are always conversations to be had about corruption. There are always conversations to be had uh, about big business. Like all of those things are valuable things to parse out. At the end of the day, we're talking about an Otesla commercial, and, uh, <laughs> and I what? think what they are, but I think I think what they are aiming for is a a an audience that already has psoriasis. Yes. So they are tuned in when they hear. Even just a psoriasis. single mention of psoriasis. Since since my son has been diagnosed with diabetes, I am tuned in anytime there's a drug commercial about insulin or any of those things. Now, usually those commercials aren't for my son because they're usually for um, uh, type two diabetes instead of type one. Um, so you know, but it but it definitely impacts the way you hear sure. things. So once that's somebody has true. psoriasis, they watch this commercial <laughs> and go, "Huh, that's me." And then they, you know, want to Is go this eat something lobster. that can help me more than what I'm currently what I'm currently <laughs> exactly. taking. That's important, and I. But I have to say, I love that we're sending a commercial like this because I always get like a little bit like, "Oh, these commercials make me crazy." So to do one um, and be able to send it is it was a delightful yeah. thing to watch. Wow. 
I also worry that these commercials cause people to start Googling and uh, Googling medical conditions and uh, ailments is is never, is rarely a good idea. Uh, Yeah. And uh, also, by the way, I looked up Flipper Baby. That is not what I was talking about. I I guess I didn't I know what that was. Well, and I don't know so, what a Flipper Baby is either. It's it, well, it's it's a it's like a uh, they develop like their arms and stuff or. Like, oh no! That no, is I was not thinking what I meant. something more cartoony and silly. Yeah, I, I wasn't was too. thinking I was of a thinking, serious I was issue. Thinking like a, I was thinking like an X-Files episode where this baby had a tail. That's what right, I was referring to. Right, that's what I was to, thinking so as well. I hope sure. Aaron I'm will probably glad. edit it out, but I definitely didn't mean to offend anybody. <laughs> he probably will. That guy uh, probably will do that. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. <laughs> uh, Danae, why don't you uh, you tell us uh, some of your thoughts on this? Um, I've kind of mentioned a lot of my pain with this, so I'll just say my favorite uh, sin was actually the very first one with riding a convertible with all the hair that should be blowing around like crazy. What a wonderful thing to point out. You would have to mm-hmm. be going so slow on the road for none of your hair to move, and um, having been a, a person who has a Jeep, or I have a Jeep that you can take the top down, yeah, your hair, you have to tie it back. You cannot yeah. get in a convertible and expect your hair to look that good. So I yeah. like that a lot. No, I hate uh, convertibles when I actually have like hair because it just goes, even now it would still just go crazy. I'd have to wear a hat or something, but then you might mm-hmm. lose the hat. It's just, it's a pain. Don't don't put down convertibles. I will just say this. Uh, I liked the uh, the sin about the passage uh, passenger side rear view mirror and seeing your own reflection um, <laughs> because I think about this in... <laughs> Once you start thinking about reflections in mirrors in movies or commercials or TV shows, it's you'll never unsee it. Like if somebody is looking at the camera in a mirror, they are not seeing themselves. <laughs> they are they are seeing the camera. And uh, and so anyways, I just like that that was pointed out. Um, and then I liked the sign being read as white citizen lobster roll handshake fresh picks. Um, I, I had that one like too. That. Yeah, that was funny. What else did you have, Jonathan? Um, I will just the, is that a 1984 Volkswagen rabbit? I just thought that was funny. And just going off the lobster thing. I just love pointing out that I just love this to silly sins. There's like lobsters don't wear hats. I just, <laughs> just a really simple. <laughs> Let's just be clear. Listen, these are important like, things. There's no fire underwater. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right, let's move into TV sins. Um, we actually did an older Rick and Morty uh, this past week. I was so week. confused when I watched this for review. <laughs> I know. Because I was I expecting was this to just be part of the new season. And I was like, wait, what the hell is this episode? And I wrote on this. I know. And I was I know. like, how long ago was this? Oh, my God. It was such a trip. It was such a trip because I did the same thing. I started watching it and I thought, wait, this is somewhere so far buried back in the recesses of my mind i it was a trip yeah i also yeah. didn't realize how different the how much the animation had changed yeah like sure. it looked like all of a sudden i was watching like an episode from like the 80s or something yeah like on mm-hmm. a vhs tape or something like wait <laughs> why what what is yeah. this it's very yeah. interesting yeah uh so jonathan i will let you start us off jonathan and i wrote on this um so at what point did you realize what episode it was and you know like (sighs) even just some of your thoughts on the episode or some of your favorite sins once once they got once they got to the once i realized they were doing the the they were they were uh well they were dropping jerry off at jerry daycare uh i was on board i remembered it right then so it was it didn't take me too long uh this is this is a pretty funny episode, although the Jerry Daycare stuff I thought was funnier than the other stuff that's going on. And I, I guess think that's that was, the funniest part of the episode, too. Yeah. yeah, I guess that was technically the B story. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Yeah, what There's was a lot the of A attention. story? The, um, the, uh, the, cre- the, the alien that 
is going to like psychedelically take everything over mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it Morty has to actually kill. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. It's like dr- he's and sent it's, to take care of him, and he lets him live, and then that's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. And okay. It's Jermaine Clement, so that that is funny because I just his voice and just uh, he's great. <laughs> he's yeah, just, he is he's great. such a funny guy, and uh, he's such a cool singer too. I liked the uh, we actually did a um, a uh, uh, Concords um, flight of the Concords flight of the Concords outtake uh, with him because he was singing in it and stuff, and also like it made me kind of think of his character in Moana. Yeah, uh, where yeah. he's seeing it, it's shiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, no, I I enjoy that. He's got like a Bowie voice almost, so it's really cool to hear him sing. Yeah, sure, uh, I can see that. I can but hear yeah, that. but the Jerry stuff was just hilarious to me. <laughs> just yeah, yeah. I'm trying good. to figure out how to attach the the VCR or whatever. Was <laughs> yeah, all of the things that would that would really engage a Jerry and mm-hmm. keep him in this place. Yeah. Is that was really really funny, and then when he wanders off, uh, yeah. to, to like be his own and kind of comes back, and the rest of the Jerry's kind of just give him a nod, like, Yeah, we've. I also Same. love when he said he was leaving, and then the person at the front's like, You were never required to stay here, or whatever she said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just the idea of any kind of um child care provider who is just over it, but also kind at the same time Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah well and i think the joke is also they know like they're gonna walk out be so overwhelmed that they're they're gonna gonna come back to the safety of the (laughs) yeah (laughs) what i love at the end too we don't even know if they take the right jerry because they do that kind of like where they think they have Mm -hmm. to switch and they're like whatever and then they just walk off with them (laughs) yeah no clue yep (laughs) that's a thing that's a that's definitely a running thing with this show though so yeah Yeah, it is and it's also to, to me, it's a reminder going even into this season that we're in now, which is it's hard to feel like you have a relationship with this family mm-hmm. because there's been so many instances of not knowing who we're watching. And this is an mm-hmm. example of that. And of course, the decoy episode from this newest season is a perfect example of that as well. Like we don't know who anyone truly is. It's hard to I- care for them in a way. But at the same time, you're interested in their story, in it, which is a they're doing a good job of that, I suppose, keeping you engaged while also you're just, con- at least for myself, I should say, I should speak for myself, continue to create these emotional calluses about this family because I'm like, ah, I don't know who you are. Yeah. I wonder if they know. I wonder if I wonder if they are keeping some sort of Bible and they're going to blow our minds someday mm, and like explain so. it all. Like, I, oh, man. I don't think so. Well, I think they they may make one like they may uh, retroactively make uh, one, but I don't think that's been the plan. But. I do always wonder if like somewhere down the line, they'll be like, actually, this is who everybody is. This is what universes they come from. And this is what's been happening. I don't think they'll do that. That's like the people that try to like uh, blueprint uh, Springfield from the Simpsons, you know, or or, or try to do the four plans of that house. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I I don't think there's any way they know everything. And they've only, I, I, as far as I remember, there's only been one specific instance where we know for a fact that Rick and Morty have changed places. Yeah. Um, I mean, we know first season that the whole family is a different family because they mm-hmm. had the whole, multi, you know, different universe that Rick and Morty went to. They, cr- um, they Cronenberg that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't pay that close attention to that stuff. Some people do. But um, but anyway, what are some of your uh, favorite sins? Um, I just I loved sending the strip mall planning. Uh, the main thing being the the pizza places. There were too many definitely, pizza places. Yeah, two, and then you <laughs> if not three because there was one called Dumpy Stumps that the narrator basically <laughs> said they could 
potentially see being a pizza place. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I love just the simple uh, including a period in your hashtag. I love that one. Well, because yeah, that's some bullshit, right? You don't do that. <laughs> um, and then there was that whole thing about the uh, um, midnight run uh, commentary, mm-hmm. and Aaron and I both found out that there was no commentary for midnight run. So Aaron wrote that great sin. But then I loved how it ended about because Martin Bress was the director, so it ends with "Don't engage in breast play if you can't finish the job." Damn it. I thought mm-hmm. that was great. Yeah, yeah. I had that one too. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed this episode. I think it's fun going back and watching these old ones sometimes just to see the progression it's made, not just with the animation like you mean, but also with um, just kind of the the way they are more confident in not caring, which sounds like a bad thing, but it's it's kind of a can be a good thing where they're just like, no, this is who we are. This is what we do. And, um, and so, yeah, it's interesting to see the progression the show has made, but I did enjoy this episode a lot. Uh, I also uh, enjoyed, as far as sins go, um, the uh, ex machina uh, ex machina ink portal guns. Um, you know, just because they are used in this episode over and over again to get them out of situations, like appearing right in the middle of a character and cutting them in half and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Um, so I I liked that. Um, and the uh, end of that is by take. I said I'll take back all the portal sins we've ever done. Um, and by take back, I obviously mean double and it was confusing to some people I saw in the comments because they were like, the sins didn't double. Well, the idea was we counted the portal sins we've ever done and doubled those and added it to the score. Um, so yeah, so, I really yeah, that enjoyed was little... in the writing process of that one. Cause I was the shadow on this. And my question was, wait, are we really going to go back and count all of them? Is that something that we're doing? And, mm-hmm. and Aaron, he being like, yeah, no. <laughs> like, it's kind of like what we just talked about with the like the fam- the Morty member family members whether they're keeping track or not. Like mm-hmm. that's why I assume yeah. they aren't because yeah. I know we don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just like say stuff. We, we don't have a wiki that tells us these things. We don't have right. you know a fan Twitter that goes back and counts these things. We we yeah. could, we technically could put the time and energy into it. The question is, does it matter? And the answer is, as always, with a sin count, no, it doesn't matter. It's so interesting what we choose to actually get right, um, but, uh, I, I but in know, this case, right? no, no, yeah. I did not. I did not go back and count them. It seemed to me it would be funny no matter what number I put in there. Yeah. Uh, so, and then I always love the meta stuff, uh, the explaining your jokes in, which is oh, hilarious because one. we also do it, which also makes it meta. And honestly, the more we explain it, the more meta it gets. Get it? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I, I thought that was a lot of fun to do. Meta stuff always makes me laugh. Danae, what about you? Uh, you actually talked about a lot of the ones, um, but. Uh, uh, the one that I don't think we mentioned specifically was the, oh, now the portal has rules. Just mm-hmm. again, can continue to send that one or the portal transport that somehow knows exactly where to bisect this chesticle mantis threat for reasons. Ex mm-hmm. machina, almost as like a throwaway second thought. Uh-huh. Um, that was really good. But you mentioned all the other ones. Let's move on to Loki then. Um, we're back. We're back to seeing Loki for reasons. Uh, I didn't get to talk re- about the first episode though, because that's I was, true. I was on vacation. Yeah, Ian, was you were on vacation. So this is these will these will be some of your first uh, thoughts uh, from Jonathan on Loki. Um, yes, we'll just say uh, this video has been waiting thirty days, so you can piece together what that may or may not mean and uh, <laughs> why why we're just uh, playing it now. But uh, yeah, episode two is called the. Very Uh, Jonathan and Danae wrote on this one. 
it was interesting for me more and more it's happening more and more but i didn't shadow on this one barrett shadowed on this one yeah and there are now becoming more and more that all i'm doing is narrating and so i'm like going back and watching these and going i don't remember anything about writing it's like because you weren't on this script <laughs> i don't remember you know? this at all this one and this is the i'm just so i understand because we you know we've we've watched obviously the whole series at this point mm-hmm. uh, this yeah. is the one that ends where we see uh noki for the first time, right? Correct. We're calling yes. Noki. <laughs> Noki, Foki. Uh, but we, call her, we are calling Noki on this one, and then Foki on We actually on see the, her, though, at the, the end, one. right? We just see her. Yeah. She. We don't know anything about her. We just see her for a second, right? That's the one? Okay, cool. This I believe is, so, yes. You know, it's hard to remember at this it point. It is. It all flows together, for sure. Yeah. I'm questioning everything now. <laughs> no he because he sees her in the store and then she goes through the portal and then owen wilson's like noki wait and then he he runs and then owen wilson oh yes goes, that's right wow. yes because she does the reveal kind of like she pulls her hood back for the first time yeah. and they like, have no. that kind of interaction yeah episode one is <laughs> wow, episode one okay. is exposition and team up like it's getting the team together in exposition. Episode two is the first team up, you know, job, and that is chasing down mm-hmm. Noki. And they, at the, by the end of the episode, they find her. Like he, like Loki figures out, oh, she's hiding in cata- catastrophes, which we never seen this. Uh, yeah. Catastrophic apocalypses yeah, where nobody yeah, survives. Yeah. We never, we never send this. Um, I kind of wish we had, but it's kind of argumentative. That still doesn't mean nothing would change because if the, it. the the per, do we I don't remember a, I don't a think about we, this I don't know maybe because specifically specifically if if you impact where someone dies or like what position they're in you know possibly it changes the way the rubble is cleared it changes the way archaeologists well, find them we do like, send you know, it maybe we don't yeah, send it in, in this episode but I just no, remember okay. was it in this episode right. where we I'm said pretty, the thing about unless. Unless somebody yeah. escaped or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And this one we send, like, well, you, the idea is that this works because this is the one where they're, like, he's doing the example of uh, mm-hmm. at, the, at the table as they're kind of talking about, you know. Right. This and they person go to is, Pompeii. And, yeah. yeah. And yeah. the sin is just basically saying, yeah, this kind of makes sense in a way, but if you change something or someone ends up surviving, then this doesn't really work. So it's kind of like a general sort of broad gesture, but I do okay. think that we at least touch on it a little bit in See, this episode. See, I thought that sin was about the surviving thing, which I think the, the show is kind of saying that. And, it was a little bit. But I'm saying even if everybody dies, there yeah. are still differences in places they die, how they die, right. that can actually have ramifications mm-hmm in the way they're found or you know whatever um so you know in in any little change could you know butterfly effect out and change so much so yeah yeah, the sin is if the line was if everything and everyone around you is destined for imminent destruction then nothing that i say or do will matter the sin is unless of course your action actually prevented everyone from dying or allowed a few people to escape the area before the destruction Right. then it would 100% matter. Yeah, so right. that is more about survival. But you're right, yeah. like right. in the example of Pompeii, um, when they go back to that apocalyptic moment and Loki is giving kind of this ridiculous speech and like nothing matters and he's just like throwing fruit everywhere and things. Mm-hmm. If he had dropped something, you know, that would forever be uh, in Pompeii and could be found by archaeologists later. So, or or even if somebody dies in a different position, it changes again the way the archaeologists find them. Mm-hmm. The timing of their day, the timing of their day changes. 
you know, when yeah. they take their shower, when they take their shower, changes this person they might have met. Like, it's just, yeah. it's every single change means something. And well, anyhow, and this was the episode that made me think of that. And we also, I mean, now I'm thinking of other things we could have sinned about that. Like, for example, in this one, when when you have all of the, uh, so Noki uh, or Sylvie, we know is Sylvie, but in this episode, we call her Noki, you know, has this elaborate thing that she's doing where she's setting off all these time devices and sending them to do like to erase various time uh, lines, I suppose, to kind mm -hmm. of like disrupt the sacred timeline. I thought about that a lot. And now I'm kind of kicking myself for not having spent some time thinking about it more and finding a way to write about it. But my thoughts were, so she obviously goes and stays in this apocalyptic event and then she goes back and does it all over again. So she knows every single person that's going to be there she knows where everything is in the store. She knows exactly when to leave this timeline before it becomes an apocalyptic uh, apocalyptic event and takes her out, you know. So she's gone into this space and she's had to practice over and over and over again to make it work. But all the people that are there are leaving her alone. All the people there are what just happen to be staying in the back and never run across her and send a text message to someone because this is in a future environment where they should be able to like call someone. I guess mm -hmm. maybe the satellites aren't working or, you know, there's ways to kind of yeah. explain away whatever you want, but yeah, there's definitely some sinful stuff in there that we could have dug into more. Um, let's go ahead and get into it. Jonathan, why don't you kick us off? Um, you haven't again expressed your thoughts on Loki. I know you weren't as high as the, the rest of us on it. No. Um, so talk about this episode, your thoughts on Loki in general and some of the sins that, My uh, thoughts that you like. Well, this show, uh, this show, I'm not a. This show had a kind of a hurdle to jump for me, anyways, because I've never been a huge fan of the character. So, and I mean, this goes back to the comics, but um, I don't know. I just, I like, I was surprised. I remember when the first Avengers movie came out, and I was like, "Wait, they made Loki the the main villain?" Like, I was a little confused. That's probably the movie I like him the best in, by the way. But um, I just haven't really cared for him much in the Thor movies. I don't really care that much about Tom Hiddleston. He's fine, but I definitely am not in the. Tom Hiddleston can do no wrong camp, so I don't get that. Uh, so this show already had some baggage going for me. I don't like Owen Wilson. This this uh, this show didn't change my opinion on Owen Wilson. Um, I also this show made me realize that these TV shows, for better or worse, are just going to be setting up things for the movies. Uh, I mean, we've had three in a row that have done this, so I'm guessing that's just the way it's going to be. That's fine, I guess. I can get used to it, but that was just a little disappointing and kind of weighed on me since I wasn't really enjoying mm -hmm. what was going on. And then just overall, I just I just didn't like the show. I didn't like uh, the TVA stuff I didn't care about. Um, we'll talk about the finale when we get to it, but I really don't understand why people were so high on that. Um, but you know, if you like people talking for an hour, I guess that's, that's your thing. <laughs> um, but seriously, no, but I just, I don't know. I just, I don't like it. I didn't like it at all. I'm kind of perplexed by why people like it as much as they do, but, uh, yeah. you know, whatever yeah. to each their own. What are some of, uh, what are some I'm of your favorite sins from this one? Um, the line in the show was some of us need this, you know, and then the sin was needing <laughs> Renaissance fairs. <laughs> so good. I've never been to a Renaissance. Rena Why am I saying it that way? Renaissance. Renaissance. I've never Renaissance. been to a Renaissance fair, yeah. so maybe they're the coolest things ever, but uh, I just thought that was a funny thing. Um, I also enjoyed the, uh, they're playing the Bonnie Tyler song and we said we wouldn't dare play the music, but the sin is always as kids, or I mean, Bonnie Tyler. I just thought that, and Aaron read that really well. I also like the way Aaron did, got it, good, ding it, and move on. Um, <laughs> and then the line in the show was just, I miss Randy. 
and then we send it with what a lot of American Idol fans said when they turned into season 13 somehow makes its mm-hmm. way into this episode. And I also so love the labyrinth outtake, uh, the, you know, what power, the power of voodoo. So, voodoo, voodoo, voodoo. What? Tell me about the bear here. <laughs> uh, Danae, some of your thoughts on the uh, the episode, the show, or the sins? Um, I'm still at this point, whenever I was watching Loki, I'm still like, I don't know if I like it. I'm not sure if I like it. Um, I don't know that I care a lot about this just yet. So I think I think my arc with Loki is it was kind of like a started off pretty low and then it kind of like got, uh, you know, there's like a nice little lift and then I was enjoying it. And then we'll talk more about how I feel as it as we are able to release episodes and chat. So um, it's just a different it's different pacing than I expected. Honestly, I think mm-hmm. in general, it, the pace of the show is, is is very different. But I understand that they're trying to introduce the concept of the sacred timeline and timelines in general and multiverses. And they have to do that at some point in their mind. And this is a good way to do it. And so I think I had, because I had different expectations of what kind of a show it was going to be, I had to sort of launch out my expectations and get into what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I started to enjoy it a lot more. Um, but there's still a lot of things to kind of, you know, to sin. You have to sit back on these timeline things too and kind of go, all right, all right, all right. So we're just, we're bending time. Mm-hmm. How do you sin this in a clever way? What, you know, what are the rules that this universe is placing? And it, it doesn't actually do a fantastic job of explaining it in some ways. And it does a really good job in others. So it's hard. Like we actually kind of um, applauded the explanation of the sacred timelines in episode one, I believe, with the. Uh, miss minutes sort of kind of mm-hmm. going through the expositional aspect of how all of this sort of works and they stay pretty true to that uh even up until the finale so um i think i ended up being pretty much on board but at this point i was very very confused especially with like being able to launch all of the devices to bomb the timeline i have so many questions about yeah. all of that uh but it kind of explains itself i feel eventually um but it was a lot of fun i enjoyed sending uh, vegas on this one, uh, which I, I remember as I was writing that sin, I, you know, so the sin as always is, and then just like kind of putting something that turns in on itself uh, and kind of goes in an mm-hmm. unexpected direction. That's fun for me. And so I just was like, oh, so the sin's Vegas here. That just made sense. And Jonathan wrote, I guess there's a story here somewhere. Like, do you, ha- are you sending Vegas? I was like, no, I'm I don't, I've never been to Vegas. I'm just assuming there's a lot to sin there. That's what mm-hmm. I hear. <laughs> um, one of my favorite things to to find in this episode was I just, it was such a fluke. It goes by so fast. I had to have the editor slow this down so much to see the millisecond of a barefoot showing up on screen. It was such a fluke. I just, out of the corner of my eye, I saw the flash of like what I thought was a foot shape. And I thought, there's no way that somebody is walking around barefoot in this schmutty mud stuff. But they were. And so <laughs> I had to slow it down so much to capture the moment. And there is a lot of frames in one second. And so to ask the editors to find where it was really obvious that her foot is like kicking out from under her dress, that was just a fun thing to kind of be able to send that and LARPing and kind of all in general, just mm-hmm. the idea of Renaissance festivals and, and mm-hmm. you know, kind of essentially that was a lot of fun um, as well. Uh, I also got to do a wink and a nod to Critical Role in this episode uh, with the stuffed weasel sin. So there is a character in uh, Campaign 2 of Critical Role, which is one of my favorite Dungeons & Dragons games, or 
shows, I should say, uh, there is a, a weasel called Sprinkles. And the joke is all about how Sprinkles survives everything and should not be able to survive everything. Like Sprinkles goes underwater and survives. Sprinkles goes through heat and survives. And it's the idea that this uh, character is kind of carrying around this animal during the entire campaign and kind of forgetting that she's doing these extraordinarily crazy things while a weasel is on her and she just kind of forgets that it exists and then it comes back in. It's a really funny recurring kind of joke throughout the entire campaign. So it was nice to kind of give a wink and a nod. Um, One of my favorite ones that Jonathan commented on was (laughs) the sin, uh, the lead in is um, they're needing a break. The Tom um, and I guess, why did I just forget his name? Uh, Owen. Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson. Yeah, they're kind of chatting and they need a break from all of their studying or whatever. And they're like, come on, let's take a walk. And it cuts directly to them sitting again. And so the sin is, this is not walking. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a ridiculous one, but it really cracked Jonathan up. And I like mm-hmm. that one a lot. Yeah. So anyway, no, that was good. those are just some of the ones. I really had a fun time sitting this episode. Uh, I liked this show pretty much throughout. Uh, by the second episode, I was, you know, I think I was already in. I was I was ready to have a good time. I do like Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston, especially like them together. Um, and so I was really having a fun time with their stuff. It is very exposition heavy early on. Well, for that matter, it's just very exposition heavy. And we'll talk about that as we, we get to uh, some of the later episodes because those actually have a lot of exposition as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, to me, that high level of difficulty was succeeded by the the fun I was having with thinking about the characters, what they were doing, where they were heading. Um, I think we can talk about this further down the line. Uh, Jonathan, you mentioned you know the, the TV show's being launching pads for the movies. And I think uh, Wanda was the one, the very first one was the one that taught me that. Like, you know, this idea that it's like nothing's really going to happen during these TV shows. It's just kind of going to launch us to the movies. Um, As we get towards the end of this one, I think this one more than any of the others actually does some some narrative work for the movies um, that the others didn't. Um, But... We can Jonathan for those just listening to the podcast is shaking his head back and forth. He very much disagrees with me. Uh, may, let's save that argument for uh, for the finale then, and we'll we'll kind of oh, uh, have that conversation. Then. You're just setting the stage so. for that one. <laughs> I'm sorry, conversation. Let's there save go, that conversation go, for the finale. <laughs> uh, as far as sins go, um, the oh ho ho, wouldn't you know it? The one file on the variant that wasn't pulled out to be reviewed is the one file Loki has access to, which leads to a break in the case. My my, no one saw this coming. What a twist! Um, I. I just love those kind of uh, fun sarcasm sins. Uh, grape nut shaming made me laugh. Uh, yeah, that one got worked. I don't remember yeah. what I initially wrote, but Danae did something, and then we just—I don't know. It I was... just remember that one got worked, which is kind of funny when it when it's something so simple at the end. Yeah, but... you were you had sinned some kind of. Uh, I think it was a cereal, and I was like, oh my gosh, I think there's a cereal that's actually grapes and nuts that's what yeah Yeah, so i was like oh my god (laughs) that's what it was i remember now yeah 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 grape grapes nut grape nuts is neither grape nor nuts discuss uh so yeah um uh and she is a she who they think is a he that can be he's or she's just by touching a knee uh always love susan it up with that kind of stuff so Mm. very well done Mm. had a lot of fun um with this one all right let's move into music video sins lil nas x industry baby lil nas x uh one of the favorites of music video sins uh and this is the new video maybe one of my favorite thumbnails of all time by the way (laughs) 
did they do the blurred thumbnail? Is that what they did for the thumbnail? Yeah, it was, was the, the, it was shower, the scene? shower scene. Yeah. 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 Uh, nothing from Barrett this week. Okay. Fair enough. Um, what did you guys think? Danae, why don't you kick us off? Some thoughts on the the song, the video, the sins, any of it? Oh, man. Um, I it's, it's interesting because I feel like you you learn a lot about the personalities behind the sins. I mean, obviously, I get a front row seat to it in a different way than others do. Um, but then you can you really feel it in certain scripts. And Barrett loves Lil Nas X. And so um, it was fun to watch this one and see the sinning and also the complimenting sort of hand in hand. Um, but I really enjoyed this video. There were a lot of things to sin. He got, a, they were all really, really great. There's, you know, like when there's somebody hanging off of the bar, shaking their butt and there's just like, there's so much in this. Um, but I only wrote down one cause I could talk about this one. I literally could have written down almost every single sin in this one. And I just decided that I went with the one that would make me laugh out loud. And I actually wrote to Barrett and I was like, you crack me up. And it was the uh, sin about the Beats by Dre earbuds, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. where the narrator just kind of full on stops and just is like, please tell me it's not back. No, it, it can't be. <laughs> and then he just goes into the scourge of the Beats headphones and um, th- his voice acting when he delivered that sin was delightful because when he stops and he's like, no, tell me it can't be. You're like kind of looking at the screen like, what? What is it? What is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just you know there's like a little earbud uh with a beats um logo on it and man those they, those beats were everywhere so he's not wrong no when i was more wrong. heavily involved in the writing and we were doing two videos a week it was like at least one video every week would have beats headphones in it and that was for yeah. like almost a year and yeah, so a, i mean I, I don't even know how many variations of sins we wrote about them and it at some point, I think especially after he took over Neri and he was just screaming about him at some point, you know, just like, what the hell? And, but then they kind of went yeah. away. And now they're back. Yes. And now they're back. <laughs> well, now they have the uh, Beats by AirPods or whatever, so. Yeah. 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 Um, I, you know, I like Lil Nas X. Uh, I think what he's doing is interesting on a uh, lot of levels. This is not one of my favorite songs of his. Same. I don't, I, 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 I'm not a huge fan of it uh, musically or lyrically. Like, I couldn't really dig a lot out of the lyrics. It feels it just kind of like a clapback song, you know, just kind of like, a, you mm-hmm. know. Um, like you an know, easy I'm gonna grab. Say my piece. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but uh, I sure did love the Sins video. Uh, uh, the kicking up this much dust when Ronald just did a load of laundry, <laughs> mm-hmm, thank you very much, um, was just so much fun. Uh, I mentioned that one, and then I also wanted to mention the Paddington 2 ones, uh, where he's like, you know, uh, he got his fellow inmates out of prison, you know, like Paddington 2 did, and uh, then he he uh, just says uh, about the Eddie, he names the person, Eddie uh-huh. Harrison, that gave Paddington 2 a negative review and messed up the Rotten Tomatoes score, uh, because Paddington 2 had a perfect 100% until Eddie Harrison, shall we say it again, uh, came out. To make it, I love it. Happen. I love how upset that made people too in a weird way. Yeah, and I so didn't funny. love it, but I just thought it was interesting. I'm like, really? I mean, it, uh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. People care. People care about that <laughs> they, kind of stuff. They, they how do. dare you, Dis Paddington? They care how about dare box you, Dis office too, apparently, based on everything <laughs> I saw this weekend. Um, like yeah. they use, like they use stuff like that as ammunition to prove their point. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation. Uh, Jonathan, some of your thoughts. Um, I think the only one I had that wasn't mentioned was the, uh, I love, this is the most obvious handoff since Russell Wilson gave it to Marshawn Lynch to run into the end zone <laughs> to beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. 
And then he was like, what, uh, too soon? Too <laughs> soon? <laughs> Yeah, I have, sports a today, sports. I have a brother-in-law who's a giant uh, Seahawks fan, so I remember that moment very well because I was watching yes. it with him. <laughs> so. It's an incredible moment. It is It is one of those baffling sports moments uh, in history, for sure. Uh, no, that's good stuff. This is a great, great, funny video. All right, CinemaSins, let's get into the movies that we send this week. Suicide Squad, Hell to Pay, with su- The Suicide Squad coming out. Um, we decided to uh, send this animated film. I really hadn't didn't know much about this um, before watching the video. I uh, didn't even know it existed, really. Um, what did Chris or Ian have to say about this one today? Yep, they both weighed in. Uh, Chris said, Suicide Squad Hell to Pay is one of those animated WBDC films they produce seemingly once a week. Once again, the Suicide Squad is hired by Amanda Waller to do some mission that benefits her more than it benefits the country. She's dying of cancer and wants to, quote, get out of hell free, unquote, card. A card that only works if it's on someone's person when they die. A card that is so important, the owner keeps it displayed in his house where it is useless. (laughs) Um, It's not all in all terrible it's just it just isn't too much fun to watch either my favorite sin was writing about the billboard advertising hairy palms on exit 69 i wrote a sin stating that it was a mixed sexual metaphor i could not get behind but in a beautiful moment of inspiration while writing that down i thought what would aaron do (laughs) what and wrote that the people who live off this exit quote unquote get behind all the time (laughs) <laughs> because they're dirty off exit 69 guys it's <laughs> amazing because they're dirty off exit 69 guys i'm That's, so glad to have inspired guys. such uh beautiful beautiful <laughs> writing uh amazing i love i love that you don't get a chance to read those ahead of time so you don't you don't know what's about to happen no. either no i had no idea all right so here's what Ian i just writes. know no one ever says they were inspired by me but that's fine oh <laughs> it'll happen it'll happen Yeah, that's right. One of the perks of writing for CinemaSins, Ian says, is that I get exposed to films that I would never, uh, would have probably never watched. Did I say perks? I mean burdens. Did (laughs) I say, wait a second. I think I've used this joke before. Yeah, this movie sucks. All of the suck. All of the suck that can possibly be sucked is sucked by this film. The world has become a dusty, messy, untidy pigsty because there is no suck left for any of the vacuum cleaners to do their jobs effectively suck. Like, most Suicide Squad stories, this one falls apart the second that you try to apply any logic to it. It revolves around an ancient magic card that entitles the bird free pass to heaven when they die. So ancient that it literally says get out of hell free in modern English. There is absolutely no one to root for this film uh, for in this film. They are all a bunch of self-serving murder for no reason. Responsibly igno- responsibility, ignoring poorly animated runtime, bloating shitbags of disappointment. However, I love this script. I just let the hate flow through me. It was glorious. Danae was actually fortunate enough to witness one of my favorite sins firsthand. This is true. For some reason, the head of Argus seemed to be confused that somebody on his team of sketchy bad guys would betray her. So my sin said that being shocked at this betrayal was like, quote, like hiring a T-Rex as a croupier for your brand new casino and then being shocked despite his great references when he can't shuffle for shit and eats the damn guests. <laughs> me and Danae just happened to be on a video call when I put that scene together and suddenly peed my pants with laughter at my own joke. <laughs> yeah, he really was pleased with himself on that one and laughed a lot. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he finishes up by saying, I also love Jeremy's interpretation of a Romulan laugh after the cloaking device sin. My only direction was, quote, laugh as arrogantly as possible. <laughs> <laughs> and I absolutely loved the glorious no- noise that somehow ended up in this video. It's amazing. Uh, Jonathan, why don't you kind of continue with some thoughts on uh, Suicide Squad, Hell to Pay, or the video? Uh, I've seen the movie. Uh, I had seen the movie uh, whenever around when it came out. I watched a- HBO How Max. How long ago was that? Uh, it was 2018, but I probably watched it like a year or two ago. I don't remember if I watched it. It might have been on uh, DC Universe, or it might have been HBO Max. I don't know, but they they released like all of these. There's a bunch of these on HBO Max, so I've seen a lot of these uh, DC animated mm-hmm. movies. Even though I don't know that I like that many of them, but I don't know. They're always just, they're just adapting these stories. Most of them are just adapting storylines from the comics. So it's kind of interesting just to see what they do. But uh, this was actually, I think, an original, although they did, they did write a digital comic that was a sequel to it. But I don't think this was based on a specific story from the comics, but I could be wrong about that. Uh, But I didn't really like it that much. It was everything they said in the, in the video was pretty much what I thought. There's so many characters. I mean, so many characters to keep up with. Because um, isn't this the one where doesn't Chris have a sin or somebody wrote a sin about the like 18 villains at one point or something like that? So, it's possible. I don't remember that one, but, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, no, it's not very good. I, these, these, but these, these movies must be doing something well because, I mean, they must be making money or something because they do make them, it seems like, monthly. There's a, there's a brand new, you know, Batman, Superman, somebody. Must have a good uh, profit margin. Must not must not cost them much to make, yeah. and you know brings in some money. So yeah, yeah. Uh, well, and WB does this with other stuff too because they they release Scooby Doo movies all the time too. And there's been <laughs> mm-hmm. so many Scooby Doo movies uh, yeah. and animated, yeah. you know, and uh, those are a lot more fun. By the way, you know, and Nike does it all the time with their shoes, just over and over <laughs> and over again. There's so many shoes. It's true. So many shoes. Yeah. So many who, shoes. Who's buying Nikes? Uh, Who everybody does that? is. Uh, but yeah, as far as the sins, I mean, I liked the video a lot. It was very funny. Um, I liked the talking about the guard that was just kind of in the foreground and like giving him a story. And the sin is this guard here in the foreground is just biding his time until he gets a promotion to stripper view guard because I guess yeah. there was stuff going on. He was. Yeah. Uh, I also somebody in the video says somebody in the movie says abattoir with a thick accent. And the sin is, what does this guy mean by abattoir? How is this in any way apt to what's going on here? This guy sees metal claws and all he can think is Fernando. I just thought that was a pretty (laughs) interesting take on just that one silly line. Um, Waiting until the last minute to merge into your exit lane. I felt that. And I know that was Chris. I 100% know that was Chris. Um, be- because they don't know how to drive in England. No, that's not. I'm just kidding. Uh, Harley Quinn says, trust me, that one's out of order. And the sin is just simply want to fuck. I thought that was really funny. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, you Chris, go next? Chris, Chris has many. Uh, I, he, if you listen to the sin cast at all, you know, Chris has many opinions on uh, driving. Oh, yes. So, yeah. Yes. Don't we all. Uh, Danae, why don't you go next? Um, I have not seen this movie, so I got to see it. Through the Sins video, as always, Um, the uh, there's a moment where the animation is um, kind of showing like a fight that's about to break out. And there's this arrow to one of the characters named Copperhead. And just the um, the way that the narration was like 
Uh, so so the the sin is about the animation not moving. It just kind of freezes in place. And the narrator's like, I can only assume that the individual in charge of animating Copperhead chose this exact moment to take their lunch break. <laughs> was really, really good. I did love the laughs in Romulan. I thought that that was really hilarious. Um, I did want to mention, too, there's been a couple of sins um, videos and also some scripts that have come out recently where I did not know that there are two ways to spell the word fiance. And when mm-hmm. I, so I was actually helping with the edit on this one, just reviewing it. I looked it. it up as well, by the way. Is that what you were about to say? Yeah. And I saw <laughs> it spelled with two E's. I thought that's not right, you yeah. know, but it is, it is right. And then it that's actually so came funny. up separately in another video and uh, a script entirely. Um, and I looked it up again because I thought that doesn't seem right. But yeah, there's a, um, there's a fiance that uh, references a male and a female. So mm-hmm. I just thought it was one way. Never and I wonder as we degendify, genderfy, we kind of go into more of like just universal uh, conversations well, about that. If it should just be one. I think universally it is spelled with the one E, but uh, yeah, I, but yeah. I, had this, I, I found out the same information you did because when I saw that, I was just like, oh, that's I was, interesting. I was so confused. Yeah, that is one of those. That is one of those languages changing kind of things. I think for the most part, people use one E and they mean both. Like, I think, you know, and that's how it will be 20 years from now. You know, the two the E will be a remnant of language nerds like myself going, did you know did you know? literally used to mean literally? Uh, but what's yeah, weird for so. me, though, is, it, but it's the same word. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, that that seems like it makes more sense to spell it one way, in my opinion. But that, you know, yeah, whatever. It does. I mean, it does. I don't care. Yeah. Um, there's a sin. The lead in is something to do with, there's a character that I guess is very icy and the lead in person said, yeah, Killer Frost. The comment is like, I bet she pees icicles when I guess she, she goes to the restroom and someone kind of casually comments like, I bet she pees icicles. And the sin is that's Elsist. (laughs) (laughs) So good. And she is, I believe she's Mr. Freeze's daughter. In the oh, comics. interesting. I think okay, that's right. But she was in the last Suicide Squad, the one. Well, it wasn't. I it. Chris and I did one recently. I don't even think it was called Suicide Squad, though. It was called some. It was called like Arkham Assault, Assault on Arkham. But it was basically a suicide movie, and Killer Frost and Killer Shark uh, hooked up in that movie. Or no, maybe it was. I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, go ahead. Sorry. King Shark or Killer Shark. King Shark. King Shark. Yeah, I got yeah. the two names confused because I was saying Killer. It's um, it's interesting the uh, the Killer Frost thing is another example of a DC character I only know from the TV universe from the mm-hmm. Flash universe yeah. and uh, and uh, her origin is definitely not Mister Freeze in the Flash universe. That's it's true. just interesting it is. So how maybe, they change maybe stuff. Maybe I'm wrong so. about that. Maybe I'm thinking of they something change else. things really yeah, often but they too. Change stuff, it's, yeah, it, yeah. Th- that's another reason I, why it's hard to do these scripts sometimes because when you're trying to figure out like if there's a sin in an origin or if there's a sin in some kind of a background, it's it's with the comics specifically, it becomes very tricky to try to mm-hmm. figure out how well, the, like what can what's canon essentially. And in the live mm-hmm. action stuff, they definitely do change origins and stuff. Hence like yeah. every Spider Man villain now is pissed at Tony Stark. Like that is definitely not <laughs> how they originated <laughs> in the comics. Yeah. Um there was a, a uh, there's a sin that essentially like kind of points out when you get this card that the they were talking about that you should keep it on your person and the idea is to tuck it into Killer Frost's cleavage at one point mm-hmm. and there's a recurring series of sins about her her cleavage like put it in your cleavage get it in your cleavage I was laughing so hard and then uh, spoiler Killer Frost apparently dies 
And then the sin just continues like, eh, I guess your cleavage is gone now. You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> It was delightfully dark. Um, another run, uh, I, I'm not going to mention all the lead ins and kind of explain it, but there's a, there's a series of sins about uh, things making the narrator horny mm-hmm. in this I one. I had all these two, yeah. Oh, they're so funny. Like, why is this making me horny? And why is this making me horny? <laughs> why is this? Like, and it was really, really good. Um, even if you've never seen this before, this is this is one of those videos I recommend that you just watch anyway because the sins are genuinely, uh, genuinely hilarious. Um, so. Yeah, totally, totally agree. Uh, I haven't seen it either. Don't have any desire to uh, saw enough uh, during this uh, to think I get the idea. Um, I'll start with the one horny sin that made me laugh the most, which was, yeah, Deadshot, make that dirty gun clean. Yeah. Hallelu- and it ends with like, hallelujah. There's new things. That, it's it's always funny. Like you think you've heard everything that the narrator mm-hmm. has to say. And then just yeah. a sin like that comes in. I had that one written yeah. down too, but, and it's like the yeah. uh, exclamation point on all the horny ones. It's really funny. Uh, I don't know. I just don't think we're making it clear enough. And then prog- prognosis terminal appears on screen and he goes, perfect. You know, the idea that mm-hmm. uh, how force fed some of these moments are uh, in here was great. Of course, I have to love when they uh, added a sin for uh, Shyamalan's last airbender for good measure. Um, I will always, always, always support sinning the last airbender any chance we get. That's right. Uh, and then the uh, only a matter of days before this girl starts freezing people, Ken Burns often said uh, <laughs> when he was talking about uh, the, you know, the Sports. idea that they were following uh, following this one. So, yeah, uh, Ken, Ken Burns is a documentarian uh, in that way. So, yeah. Anyways, I love that, too. All right. Let's move on to Tron uh, 1982. This was a Dicer Watkins script. Jonathan and I writing on Tron. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I guess I'll start this one. Um, I thought I had seen Tron and then I was watching this and I was like, maybe I've only seen pieces of this. It's either been so long since I've seen it, uh, before we started sinning it. Um, or maybe I just never got around to like actually sitting down and watching it. And maybe it was just on in my childhood at friends' houses or, you know, different things where I saw parts of it, but it, it felt like a new movie experience to me. Um, because it had been either so long or maybe I haven't ever seen I'm all of it. I'm surprised because you're real big about watching, like, because I was just thinking because before you saw Tron Legacy, I'm surprised you didn't go back and watch it. You right. Know? Yeah, no, no, you're absolutely right. Um, I I would usually do something like that. Uh, and for whatever reason, I don't think I I did. Um, you know, this, this movie is really weird it's really strange it's uh it doesn't make sense in a lot of ways but i really appreciate the swing i think there's a real interesting like you know we're gonna go sci-fi here um and then granted it was after star wars it was after sci-fi had really kind of come into the public conscious i mean it was six years after star wars or whatever like you're five years after star wars so it was disney and right Disney didn't. I, I don't know. Disney had Disney struggled with sci-fi. It, some people might say they still do, but definitely they're early on because they did the black hole a few years before this, mm-hmm. which is kind of a mess, but also a swing. Mm-hmm. And then and then you have Tron. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. It's good. I just I appreciated the swing it was taking, even though it doesn't completely succeed for me. I I think Tron uh, Legacy is the better film. Um, it's you know much more interesting and exciting to me. Um, but it does some some 
decent world building here, even if it doesn't make sense. Um, I really enjoyed writing on this. It's fun mm-hmm. writing on older movies. It really is. There's just some things that have kind of fallen out of movies. Um, one of the things we send in this is just the constant walking from one place to another in this movie. There are so many walking <laughs> scenes in this movie of people not not talking, not talk walk you know uh, walk and talk like they're not sorkening. Um, it, it is it is literally just them walking from one place to another, and you just you know. So I think the sin was about uh, like foot based foley artists, you know, you know, staying uh, in job just thanks to this movie. Um, because there are so many steps uh, that happen during this thing. Um, you know, so like older movies have that kind of stuff, right? Like where you're you're able to sin. I um, can I tell a I story also, really quick though? Yeah, that, go for it. Yeah, absolutely. Of, this is so random, but. I recently watched. It's just funny because around this same, because this was '82 and Halloween Two came out in '81, and I watched uh, on this Blu-ray set I have. They have the TV version of Halloween Two, and because they had to cut out gore, they added in some cut footage that didn't make it to the theatrical film, and all it is is footage of like Michael Myers like walking up steps and stuff because it's like. <laughs> Like they had all this footage of him getting from one place to the other, but when they released the film, they cut a lot of that out because who cares, right? Who cares that he got to that floor because he walked up the right. steps? But in the TV movie, there's so much walking; it is insane. So maybe that was a thing back then. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, I don't know. Whatever it was, <laughs> we man, have to it's show funny, how like this person like... got to this room. We have to know. Right. But then we sin if we don't see it. I know so. exactly. <laughs> of course, we sin everything. Well, I mean, I just think. I just think movies were much less uh, concerned with being uh, like tightening up. Like pacing mm-hmm. was just not, like the pacing was different, you know, over which is time. weird because they're longer now on average. Right. Right. And the, yeah. And yet somehow they're pack more into it or something. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, um, it could be argued that something has been lost with that. You know, that we've lost the ability to sink into to things because we cut out all the I could have used less walking in this movie, though, for sure. Yes, I definitely could have as well. <laughs> uh, I wanted to mention this in uh, Why Would You Destroy Him and quickly uh, this quickly and leave yourself without a clue? Um, the idea of, you know, why would they destroy the program when they maybe could have gotten something out of it? Uh, I loved the also known as Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift uh, joke um, that's in the script. That was great. Um, the, I'm not sure why they need to bother hacking into computers. Alan has the summoning words for the book of the dead plastered on his cubicle and then finishing that with, they could get some deadites up in here and do whatever they wanted. And yeah, yeah. I know those words originated in the sci-fi classic escape from which mountain, (laughs) (laughs) which if you needed another example of how, no matter how silly the thing you say is, somebody's going to think you're serious. Just go to the comments and see people trying to convince us. I, re- that, uh... I refuse to look. <laughs> it's like I'm not because like... yeah, no, I I believe me out of I mean not that everybody knows like I'm a horror movie fan, but yes, I know what that's from. <laughs> I mean, I, and I know like... where it originated from, you know. So yeah, yeah, it's just it's I interesting. Just it's interesting. Yep, that is that is a joke for sure. Uh, and then, um, let's see, I wanted to mention the, if you wake up in a program that gives you a poke, don't panic. Kevin Flynn will, will tell you that a was joke. Hilarious. Um, and if you haven't seen Bo Burnham's, uh, new special, uh, inside, that is a, uh, a direct, uh, rhyme oh. scheme from that song. And, um, that's and right. So, yeah, I gave, I gave Jeremy the option of singing it or saying it. I think either would be caught. And it was the comments are full of people who are like, I caught that Bo Burnham reference. Uh, so. Cool. 
Um, so yeah, that's that's always fun. Um, but I did want to mention that one as well. Uh, Jonathan, you get to go next. What are, what's your thoughts on Tron and some um, thoughts on the sins? I I saw it. Uh, I mean, I saw it when I was when it you know when I was younger, probably on the Disney Channel, which I made fun of the fact that the Disney Channel aired it and the Disney Channel kept going right. after airing it. But um, no, I I don't remember what I thought of it as a kid. I will tell you the thing I think about with Tron though is my grandparents had it in television, and if people don't know what that is, that was like a competitor of Atari uh, in the early to mid eighties. And they had an Intellivision, and there was a game on Intellivision called Tron Deadly Discs. And you can look up people playing it on YouTube. It's a really, it's a really, um, very much an early 80s or like video game. I mean, there's not a whole lot to it, but I just loved that game and I would play it all the time. Um, and it was a lot of fun. But, uh, so that's the thing that I always think of when I think of Tron. Um, I kind of dig this movie for the same reasons Aaron is saying. I think there's a lot going on here. I like, I actually like the visuals just because we never saw anything like it afterwards. And it's just kind of, it's kind of its own thing. Um, I'm not a huge Tron Legacy fan, but I just, I just don't think there's much to this world. Like, I just don't think there's enough to like build this universe around it, in my opinion. So I thought Tron Legacy was a little, I don't know. It just never really, it never, I never really kind of, I never really completely understood what, uh, right. what I was supposed to be latching on to. So I kind of preferred this because I feel like this is a lot simpler and, you know, and so on and so forth. But obviously Tron Legacy looks better. It's a much better, it's a more refined, uh, you know, assured kind of thing. Um, I was also, I remember writing this, I had a lot of fun writing this, but I was also a little concerned because I'm not a computer expert. I'm not a, I don't know how to, I don't know how to write programs and I don't know, but, but, but there were just things about it that didn't seem right to me. So I did as much mm -hmm. research as I could. So that's what, that's where those sense came from, where they're talking about each program has its own user. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. Like, I mean, cause, cause then, I mean, I, I don't know. It just didn't make it sense that each individual user, each, each program would have its own individual user. Like none of that really made sense to me because you would have multiple you would think users mm -hmm. on a program or you would have multiple programs, yep. you know, it just, so I, I did my best with that. I'm sure there are some people that know more than I do out there that could poke holes in it, but I still thought it wasn't really something the movie thought about. So I, I definitely think we had every right to send it, but uh, no, it was, I'm with you. It was fun to write on. Um, yeah. It was a fun one. Uh, so as far as the sends, um, I did enjoy Aaron wrote the thing about, they were sending the programs by, uh, the programming by slowly typing out English sentence commands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought it was really doing, I thought that was great too, or that guy's like, you know, uh, David Warner, who's kind of like the bad guy in this movie. He comes in and he dismisses this guard named Peter, who's just standing there. Mm -hmm. And then the sin is what was Peter doing? Guarding the window? <laughs> uh, the cubicle rooms was really funny, just sending mm -hmm. the size of the cubicle rooms. And then I really liked the uh, where she tells uh, the the main the main female character. I can't remember the character's name now, but she leaves Jeff Bridges at the console and she says, don't spill anything. And he doesn't have anything to <laughs> no! spill. And so the sin is don't spill. What's he going to spill? Is he making a Starbucks run? What a stupid condescending thing to say. <laughs> it is. Because I didn't catch that, but he really doesn't have anything. Like, what is he going to spill? What are you talking about? Don't spill anything. <laughs> what kind of idiot do you think I am that can spill something I don't have? <laughs> so I just thought that was funny. Yeah, just like yeah. calling her a dumbass, basically. <laughs> We're uh, good at that. Danae, uh, what are some of your thoughts? I'm sure you've seen this movie several times. So I, please this tell is us. one I watch all the time. Um, <laughs> I have not seen Tron, but I know the visually. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. It's an instant one that you're just like, yeah, I know exactly what we're talking about. Um, 
I don't know that I understand the plot or what's happening or should understand it, especially after watching the Sins video. I'm like, okie dokie. But I watch things like this and I'll pause and I'll think, what was it like for the actors on set this day? Mm-hmm. You know, when they show up and they're told, we're going to put you in this costume and then we're going to put you in like a, a, a black light and you are you don't know anything that's really going to happen because most of it's like what green screen or just mm-hmm. theater of the mind or whatever mm-hmm. that they were doing to get the graphics to do what the graphics are doing. It's just, it suffers, I think, a lot from maybe conceptually not even really getting an idea of what was going to be happening in the end but Mm -hmm. at the same time it's so iconic that you're kind of like yeah it's drawn (laughs) yeah it's like its own thing right like it is yeah it stands out in that way which is cool and maybe it looks exactly like they wanted it to look i i've never really watched anything on the making of it or anything so i don't know but yeah i don't know either but it's one that i get curious about because i feel like that there are just some movies that you watch and you think they're really trying to push the boundaries in a direction here. And so, and sci-fi is certainly a place where boundaries are pushed all the time for special effects and stuff like that. So I don't know. I, I, um, I, it's one that I kind of wish that I would watch in a way. I, it just feels like something that you should watch. It feels like it's on the shame list in a way for mm-hmm. me personally, mm-hmm. because it's just, it's Tron. You're supposed yeah. to watch Tron. I don't know. If, if <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't go that far with it. If you're interested at all, I think it's, definitely worth checking out but i mean if if it doesn't i mean this is definitely not one i would say you need to watch to you know i don't i don't think it's one of those but i could be wrong okay if if you love scenes of people walking from one room (laughs) to another you should watch this movie for sure for sure um some of the sins that i liked was uh the delivery of about the visuals i realize a lot of people discuss the effects in this film as today is dated but to be fair these effects were dated in 1982 as well it's just such a sick burn (laughs) it's so wrong and so funny at the same time yeah um the sin is somebody or the lead-in is somebody pushes me i push back and the sin just kind of rolls off that because apparently i've been programmed to be recklessly vindictive (laughs) i just enjoyed Mm -hmm. how that one was delivered god the programming just makes no sense in this movie it does and then the uh giant blue boobs sin <laughs> it's just yeah. you know one of those where you pause you think about it you nod and you move on um, but it was a great video really fun yeah yeah lots of fun well and then you go uh, there I, for, I had forgotten that you did that whole thing at the end where it's like oh great there's the pink penis and the you know it was just like everything <laughs> all at once yeah actually that was my that was one of my favorite things i wrote on this one was the celebration montage at the end yeah. after everything is fixed it just shows a bunch of weird different things. And so I had the narrator like explain everything like the, the pink hills of spherical cubes are rejoicing. And like, it's like, what is all this stuff? Drugs. It's all <laughs> yeah. just yeah. straight yeah. up drugs. Yeah. And that, that also reminds me of the sin that was like this thing, this thing, this thing, excitement. <laughs> it's just like pointing out all these ridiculous computer shapes or whatever. Um, and it's yeah, that was definitely this- a fun one. You know, and this movie was not a hit either, so it, it is it is kind of fascinating. Obviously, it has fans because the fact that we still talk mm-hmm. about it today, the fact that they spent so much money on a sequel, you know, all those years later, obviously, it, it's definitely got its fans. So, yeah, there you go. All right, let's move into keeping tabs. Hey, podcast peeps, it's me again. Um, those are my. Those are my. Uh, every time I, 
I talk. Wow. Is this how Aaron feels? When we're. Okay. We're going to try this. I just wanted to tell you about the survey again, which is at cinemasense.com slash BTS. So go fill it out. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. Ha ha! Oh, jeez. This is the most public yet of my many humiliations. We're, uh, we're just going to talk about something from the process of putting stuff together that we wanted to mention. Uh, Jonathan's going to kick us off this week. Um, what's yeah. your keeping tabs? It's not that exciting, but I did look into the history of jet skis because there's a line in the variant, the Loki episode, where Owen Wilson yes. says there was a brief time of history in the early 90s. And so, and I remember that jet skis were eventually not, well, okay. Depends on what you're calling a jet ski, but the jet ski, I assumed he was referring to based on like Loki looks at a magazine, like in the first episode, I think, or something, or maybe mm-hmm. it's even in, I think it's in the first episode and it's the stand up version. It's the version where you are standing up on the jet ski and your whole, like, you know, whereas right. now what is most people have now, most people call it a sea do. Um, and it is one where it's more like a motorcycle, like you're actually sitting right. down on it. So that's the more common one. But the jet ski, which I actually didn't know this, the jet ski is actually a brand that Kawasaki invented. So it's mm-hmm. like Band-Aid or q I think Sea-Doo is a brand too, but it's like Band-Aid or Q-Tip. We just call everything a jet ski. But it is actually specifically something Kawasaki made. And most of them, at least early on, were the stand-up. I thought they had stopped making those even in the 90s because I knew mm-hmm. there was EPA regulations and states just started banning them. But that actually wasn't until the 2000s. I didn't know that. So they actually did make them up through 2011. And they started making them in the early 70s. So I was like, well, that's a lot more than a brief period of time. I did Mm -hmm. see a comment that was trying to call me out on that and say, well, you know, that was 30 years or whatever, 40 years. But if you consider that in like the span of time that that, you know, that um, uh, Owen Wilson's character, what's his name in the show? Starts with an M, right? Um, Mobius, Mobius, I think. So, you know, the span of time Mobius is experiencing, that wouldn't be that big, which is true. But he does specifically say early 90s. So Mm -hmm. he is wrong. (laughs) And And we point out when people are wrong. That is what we do. But yeah, so it was made from 70. So this version of the jet ski was made from 1972 to 2011. um, And I already mentioned it was a brand name. It was stopped after 2011 due to EPA restrictions. And then the uh, New York and California had banned it outright as early as 2010. So there wasn't a lot of uh, consumer demand either because not as many people could buy them. So it eventually just died out. And now we have what most people refer to as a sea which is also a brand name. But everybody calls everything a sea no matter who yes. the company uh-huh. is. Yes. That's how uh, it works. Which is fine. Uh, and sea is such a, I mean, that's such a, that's such a bizarre name to catch on. But I don't know. <laughs> I thought that was what fish did when they had to go. <laughs> uh, Danae, what's your keeping tabs? Um, mine, I really didn't have to do a lot of research but i did spend a lot of time on a sin and i just wanted to point out that yes i did count 188 shifting letters on loki and it took a while and i I had to kind of like (laughs) pause my screen and i did it like six or seven times just to be as accurate as i possibly could and know that if anybody 
called it out in the comments so I could like back my research. Turns out that never happened and nobody cared. They were all excited about the bidet reference oh, no. for critical. Oh, roles, no. so. I have a comment. Oh, do you? Okay, okay, okay. I think it's a pinned comment if I'm right. Maybe oh, it just happened great. recently. Yeah. Great. Okay. Um, nice. Uh, let's see. I will talk about, I was going to talk about the hypervigilance sin in the Rick and Morty um, uh, for this and just to say like there is a thing that some people have that's called hypervigilance and I did some some research on it where you're just super aware of your surroundings and I realize not everybody has this but I'm guessing Rick does um, mm-hmm. and so the fact that he would be surprised by Jerry being in the back seat is nonsense to me like he wouldn't <laughs> I mean we we find out we find out later that the the car itself has security members uh security mm-hmm. um things in place that won't let people in there without Rick. So it's just it's silly to think that Jerry could have snuck into the the spaceship car and that they would have already been halfway there before he knew. Anyhow, nice. what I will talk about instead is something I more recently found out when researching the little Nas X uh stuff. Um the Little Nas X industry baby, one of the things when I was searching like meaning and lyrics and that kind of stuff that popped up is that he has actually released an uncensored version of this video. And because there was a lot of demand, you know, the shower scene is all censored and that kind of thing. So he released an uncensored version of Industry Baby that during the shower scene starts buffering like in the video. And so it like freezes and then gets back after that section just to troll his fans. (laughs) I just thought that was so hilarious. (laughs) <laughs> that he has on YouTube, it says Little Nas X Industry Baby uncensored, <gasps> and then during that one section, it's it like just your fake buffers, it, it fake buffers. Oh my and god, so, that's awesome! I thought that was hilarious. I thought I people like enjoyed that. Very much. So, that's amazing. So yeah. Anyhow, well done, Little Nas X. Well done. Uh, all right, let's move into the comment section. I want to know what you're thinking. I appreciate your honesty. You're a real straight shooter. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. We're just going to talk about a comment from this week's stuff um, or really uh, anywhere that yeah. somebody has interacted with us. Um, I have an email. I think I'll start. Uh, I have an email that uh, I wanted to uh, to mention. It came. Which to email you, was this sent to? Uh, there you go. I was just about to get there. This came to picks or it didn't happen oh, at cinemasins.com. Let's um, go. What is it? <laughs> I just love the fact uh, that people are sending stuff to Pix or it didn't happen. By the way, Pix is P-I-C-S or it didn't happen at cinemasins.com. Uh, the <laughs> title of this email is Snake in a Dance Studio. Oh. And uh, this came to us from Elizabeth who says, I don't know if you still check this account. Oh, yes, we do. We still check this account. Uh, but I listened to the January 2020 episode where this address was discussed this morning and then there was a dance snake. Really, it's just a chance to say thank you. Thanks to all the channels and especially BTS for shining some light uh, in a hard time to be a human. Love the content. Appreciate all the laughs that you bring to your fans' lives. Take care. And yes, Elizabeth included a picture of the snake that had invaded their dance studio because pics or it didn't happen. Uh, So if you have any stories that depend on pictures, uh, just go ahead and send it to pics or it didn't happen at cinemasins.com. I thought that was hilarious. That's Um, amazing. Uh, just Our as emails excuse. are not dead. They're still no, they there. Are not. They're still there. <laughs> they are still there. Uh, shout out to Twinkle Toes Performing Arts Company in Virginia Beach uh, for sending that one in. So thank you, Elizabeth. Appreciate that. Uh, I had a couple others, but that one was fun. So uh, Danae, we'll go with you next. What do you got? 
Um, so many good ones for Loki, of course, bidet to all of the Critical Role fans that definitely found the Sprinkles reference to be fun. But I also enjoyed Scott Corin's um, comment, which was about the outtakes. Holy crap, a Tiny Toons reference. And I was really happy and pleased that that was noticed. Yes, that was yeah. a Tiny Toons reference. Tiny Toons and it was, um, it's something that I, I was watching the elevator and just in the very back recesses of my I heard, down the hole. I was like, what was that? <laughs> what is that? Where is that from in my subconscious? And so yeah. I just looked up elevator down the hole and I was like, oh my God, Tiny Toons. Yeah, I, I totally I forgot to about up. this. I didn't know where you'd yeah. gotten it from either. But yeah, mm-hmm. no, I remembered it once I watched it. Yep. Uh, Jonathan, what about you? Uh, so yeah, so I had one in uh, Dr. Ghost on um, the Loki episode put, sending the fact that Marvel nerds will pause the episode for all locations shown and search for it. Also, TV Sense pauses the Loki title cards and number of times to count 188 shifting letters twice. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You got some credit there. Oh, thanks. Uh, and then I also, Scott Smith with Tron did mention, having spent many years working for Intel at a couple of its campuses in Hillsborough, Oregon, Congrats. I can tell you the sh- that shot of the cubicles that stretch out forever isn't all that far off the mark. <laughs> I don't believe him, but whatever. <laughs> uh, oh, I remembered another one I wanted to mention because, Jonathan, you mentioned the abattoir, abattoir mm-hmm. uh, confusion or whatever. And there were some great comments, uh, and I didn't copy them down, but I did want to mention them, where somebody was like, no, they said abattoir, which <laughs> means a slaughterhouse. And then there was, there was a person underneath... <laughs> We even had the subtitle, so we know what they said. I know, The subtitle is right there. But even more than that, (laughs) that sin has the word slaughterhouse in it on purpose. (laughs) Like, it finishes by saying, I might as well take them to a slaughterhouse or something, which is what an abattoir is. And so it's like, so somebody underneath that comment was like, the sin literally ends with the word slaughterhouse. I think it was intentional. Oh man, it is so hard. Comments are the best. Comments are hard because you'll go and you're like, I I want to engage with you, but I know it's going to go nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, yeah. Yeah. I thought about responding a few times. Nothing mean, just be like, you know, that is what we meant, but then I'm like, "Eh, whatever. Because then they'll just say something else. Yeah, I generally, when I respond, I generally respond to positivity or genuine questions. Those are the two things I will respond to. Somebody's being. Some people are just trying to be something. informative. I think I don't think every right. I don't think all those people are trying to be negative. I mean, oh, you can no, 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 you can no. tell no, no. when it's really negative, but I think a lot are yeah. just like, but but yeah. that's what this is, and then they just didn't catch it in the sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, let's move into beyond the sins to infinity and beyond. Somewhere beyond my wild history to boldly go where no man has gone before. We're just going to talk about something else from the world of pop culture that we've experienced recently. Uh, Danae, why don't you kick us off? Well, I actually was, uh, this was suggested to me on the tweeters by, let me go do a shout out now that I'm thinking about it. Hold on just one second. I think it was Chris. Yeah. Uh, Chris E. O'Neill on Twitter says, hey, if I'm not mistaken, you're doing a podcast. I've got a cool recommendation for you. Uh, It's YouTube, Tom Thumb TEDx. So T-O-M-T-H-U-M, TEDx. He's a beatboxer from Australia, Ooh. and it's pretty dang cool. He's in a couple of TED Talks. They're pretty amazing. And so I, of course, decided to look up Tom Thumb, and it is amazing. He is incredible, and there's a lot of content to look at. Um, so he has a YouTube channel, T-O-M-T-H-U-M, 
And he is a very, very talented, but not just as a beatboxer, as an entertainer and as a communicator. He has a really good understanding of music theory um, and he has a lot of content that you can obviously, you know, go and enjoy. But the TED Talks were good because it's kind of geared towards introducing beatboxing to an audience. I did watch it. Uh, It is fascinating. There is also one that is a beatboxer's vocal cords where they put a video in his mouth and you can watch what happens in his mouth as he makes these sounds. If you don't like orifices, I don't recommend that one. If you <laughs> Who doesn't do, like orifices? It's it is it's unnerving. It's unnerving to listen to someone with this, these kinds of talents in the beginning. And when I say unnerving, I know that has like a negative connotation a connotation to it, and maybe a little bit of that. It is absolutely mind blowing to listen to somebody who has the ability to create the amount of sounds at one time, mm-hmm. um, but also the kinds of uh, sounds that he can kind of reach for um, and and imitate are spectacular. So um, anyway, I went down the Tom Thumb rabbit trail uh, and there's, I mean, gosh, there's just so much. There's so much. So pick one, start with it. The TED Talk is a great one to start with. Uh, I also watched one where he did another TED Talk alongside a symphony. Um, Let's see. uh, And it was, I can't remember the name of this, the, the, the conductor, but he had a live symphony. And so you've got this conductor that was kind of conducting the symphony. And it was all obviously rehearsed because they have different parts and roles to play. But it was just this really beautiful thing of, of instruments as we know them. And then the instrument of the voice, not as a singer, but as somebody who can provide not only beats, but sounds. So he'll imitate a trumpet and the trumpet will play. And it was just this really beautiful kind of back and forth play. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed that. Very nice. Uh, Tom Thumb on YouTube. My uh, Beyond the Sins also starts with Tom, um, kind of, T-O-M. Uh, Tom I Green? Re-wa- <laughs> it's Tom Green. No, I I rewatched uh, Tombstone uh, this week, and it had been a long, long time since I've seen this movie, and I wanted to talk about it. Um, I was Let's talk for- about it, Aaron. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about it. Talk, I was just in case you wonder why I was looking at uh, we were doing a best ever Michael Rooker movies uh, challenge and I, I wanted that. to refresh. I wanted to refresh myself on uh, Tombstone because Michael Rooker was in both Vivo and the Suicide Squad this weekend. Um, but anyhow, um, I was thinking this movie would not hold up. I was thinking it was all nostalgia. I think I'm for the most part wrong. Um, this movie is just, it's its like really, as far as Westerns go, it's more of a summer blockbuster than it is a Western in a lot of ways. Like it really plays to like big characters making big catchphrases and doing big things, you know? Um, so, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I was i was actually, and again, I don't know how to separate nostalgia from reality sometimes. Like I'm, I'm human, I get that. But it really played well to me. The, and and I one thing I was not ready for was how many uh, big names showed up that I had forgotten were in this movie. Like, it's just like when, once you think the last person has showed up, Charlton Heston shows up or, you know, whoever it might be. That's just like, oh, yeah, that person's in Tombstone. Jason um, Priestley. Jason Priestley is in this movie. <laughs> who, yes. Who, who, oddly enough, 
was a bigger name at the time than a lot of these, like Billy Bob Thornton's right. in this movie. Jason Priestley was Billy a bigger Bob, name than Billy yes. Bob Thornton. Um, yeah, Billy Bob Thornton, Sam Elliott, just like you know, all these, all these names, and they just one after another, just you know, continue to show up. So um, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun, and if it's nothing fun. else, if if you've never seen Tombstone. And you want to go watch it? That's fine. That is what you know. I'm talking about. But if nothing else beyond that, if there's a movie you loved from you know a decade, two decades ago, whatever it might be, depending on your age, and you're just like, oh, I'm kind of like, I don't know that I need to revisit it. Let's just let it live in nostalgia. I'd encourage you to revisit it. Have fun with it. And if it hasn't held up in some ways, that's okay too. You can still you know ad- admit that fun you've had yeah. with it, and it can still be fun for you. So, um, but I thought Tombstone held up fairly well. It's a it's a fun movie. It's a um it it's also a movie that uh, I shared uh, a love with with my late stepfather. So it kind of has some sentimental attachment to me. I don't think I think it's great though. Like I've never really quite yeah. gotten there. And a lot of it is if you read about the background of how that movie was made, like it's amazing. It's even a movie uh, when it yeah. came out because the original director was fired. Kurt Russell kind of started directing it, and then I don't know if that didn't work out or what, but then they brought in George P. Cosmatos, who did, like, Rambo, uh, First Blood Part Two, and stuff like that. I don't know. It's it's crazy. It's just a—and plus, you have this insane cast. They had to work together, and it's it's amazing that it ever got made. And Val Kilmer is an all-timer in this movie, uh, his performance. It's great. Um, and yeah. if you want to see some—look at, look at this. I'm going to do a little uh, double beyond the sins here um, because it's double. related. But if you want to see some behind-the-scenes uh, behind behind stuff from Tombstone as well as all the other Val Kilmer movies, hmm. check out Val uh, yeah. on—wait, uh, H- HBO? No, Prime. I think it's on Prime. I think it's on um, Prime. I think you're right. As is Tombstone, by the way. Uh, Tombstone yep. is also streaming on Prime. Um, but Val on Amazon Prime is an incredible look at all the footage he shot during his career and at how he tells his own story um, in his narrative for his life. I found it uh, moving and interesting and really loved a lot of the behind the scenes stuff that I'd never seen. Some of the stuff from Heart of Darkness. Was that the one he was in with Brando? Was it Heart of Darkness? Uh, no, or was no. It was, Moreau? Uh, it was Island of Dr. Moreau. Island of Dr. Moreau is what I mean. Some of the stuff from Island of Dr. Moreau, some of the behind the scenes on that is really fascinating and it doesn't really pull punches as to how he felt about that situation and what was going on so i'd highly recommend val as well uh, i haven't i haven't seen val yet i'm gonna watch it but i did find it interesting because he's always been noted as kind of being a trouble like especially once he became Mm -hmm. more of a celebrity he was kind of a Mm -hmm. pain to work with but i've heard people say after watching this you know it's like you, you never really know what's really going on Right, and exactly. he very well still could have been in some scenarios, sure. like the like the Doctor Moreau. But you know, I it it feels like something he was marketed as a, as a, as something he wasn't. And I don't know. I'm really excited to watch it though because I've always it's been a beautiful fan of to his. see it from his perspective, while at the same time realizing it yeah. is his perspective, and other perspectives are valid on working with him. Like you know, yeah. we all have our own view of things. That's one of the things I loved about the. I it made me wish we all had the ability to tell our own narratives from our perspective. You know, and just say, look, I. I understand I may be understood differently by some people, but this is how I see myself and this is how I, you know, I, I want to be, um, believe that I have been in my life. I, I really like that part of it. But anyways, my actual cool. beyond the sins is tombstone, but also Val is really great. <laughs> Snuck both another on, one uh, in there. <laughs> Amazon Prime. My goodness. Uh, Jonathan, what about you? I've been watching this TV show called Wellington Paranormal. It is okay. a, uh, spinoff of the movie what we do in the shadows. It, it was created by Taika Waititi. Is that how you say his name? I always say that. Taika. Wrong. I think it's Taika, Taika Waititi. Yeah. Taika Waititi and Jermaine so. Clement, who we were talking about when we were talking about Rick and Morty. 
uh, who are in the movie What We Do in the Shadows. They also are executive producers on the TV show What We Do in the Shadows. But this actually came out in 2018. It was aired in New Zealand. Um, it's had three seasons so far, and I think they're about to make a fourth. But the reason I got to see it was because the CW, which they do this sometimes in the summer, they'll pick up a show, they'll pick up the broadcasting rights to a show from another country, and they'll air it here. And uh, so they've been airing the first season from 2018 now, which is interesting because now there's a What We Do in the Shadows TV series. So it's yeah, all kind of, yeah. But um, but this is more like I I don't want to oversell it when I say this, but essentially what this feels like is um, the X Files meets Hot Fuzz. Like you basically have those types of cops investigating like paranormal, and it's a mm-hmm. mockumentary. Uh, much like the same as what we do in the shadows. So if we ever send this, Aaron would have a field day sending, you know, <laughs> the fact that the camera crew is letting this go. Um, and in the first episode, this uh, these two cops uh, who are really funny actors, Mike Minogue and Karen O'Leary. Actually, their officer names are Minogue and O'Leary, which is kind of funny. But um, they are these two officers in the small town or whatever, and or the city, and they come across this woman who appears to be possessed by a demon. And then they find out after they start, when they report this to their sergeant, they find out he is trying to start this like paranormal investigation team because he's noticed all this other crazy stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so it kind of it's like Monster of the Week kind of stuff like you would see on X-Files, but it's done very tongue in cheek and very funny. And it's, um, you know, and um, it's um, I think it's pretty good. I've seen uh, I think they've aired like six or seven episodes. I don't know how much of the show CW is supposed to air and I couldn't really figure out what they were going to continue to air. So I don't know how much of it they're going to do, but I know they've done six or seven episodes so far. Um, it's definitely funny. I don't think it's as good as what we do in the shadows, the movie or the TV series. Um, and, um, and like I said, I kind of feel like I was overselling it with the Edgar Wright X-Files thing. Cause it's not as good as either one of those things either, but it's yeah. very charming. Uh, all the actors in it are people I've never seen before. And I'm really enjoying watching them on the show. Um, and I think, you know, maybe being a horror movie fan or sci-fi fan, so maybe that, that kind of factors in too, I'm sure. But, uh, if you like what we do in the shadows, I think you'll enjoy this. Just don't expect it to be as good. But, uh, if you have access to the CW right now, it's airing on Sunday nights or it has been. And, um, I think the first season I believe I looked up is on HBO max. Uh, the second and third season, I'm not sure if there's easy access to those or not, but, uh, it's, it's, it's worth checking out if, if you liked the, the other things I mentioned. Wellington well, Paranormal. Go. Uh, that is Wellington Paranormal on HBO Max, uh, possibly other places as well. Uh, Tombstone is on Prime and Tom Thumb on YouTube. That's going to wrap it up for Behind the Scenes this week. Don't forget to make sure that you're subscribed and go ahead and leave a comment or rating as well. If you've got anything you want to send us, you can mail it to us, P.O. Box 881, Republic, Missouri, 65738. You can hang out with us on Twitter. I'm at Aaron Dicer. She is at Denae Says. D-E-N-E-E-S-A-Y-S, also on Twitch. And he is at Sam Loomis 13. So for Jonathan Watkins, Danae Hughes, a killer frost peasicle, and myself, <laughs> we will see you next week. Happy Baseball Fans Day. Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to BTS at cinemasins.com. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. Find more ways to connect by visiting cinemasins.com slash BTS. You know, I do wonder how many times in my past I have been creepy without meaning to. I'm sure it's happened.
Um, yeah, for sure it's happened, but it's because you have a way of just like looking at someone. They're like, oh, what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. I have, just, I have resting creep face. Yeah. It's, it's totally <laughs> accidental. Danae, it's your turn in Polytopia. I don't know if you know that, but um, just thought I'd let you know. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, did they make a comment about you and the Sencast ruining everything? What did you ruin? <laughs> yeah. Jer- Jeremy just shouted like, uh, <clears throat> Aaron ruins everything. I have no idea. Like, oh. it wasn't even in context. Oh. Yeah, he just shouted it for some reason. I mean, I remember when he was saying it about that table tennis thing on Slack. Mm-hmm. But Yeah. Well, that's where it came from, was there was the back-to-back of... He posted the table tennis thing, and I was like, um, that's an exhibition match, not a a competition match. So they're actually playing, you know, to make it exciting and fun, not not um, to beat each other. Yeah. And so so I ruined that. And then he posted something else right after that that I also kind of ruined, you know, with Mm. with facts or whatever. And uh, so, yeah, Aaron ruins everything. It's just a thing. now. It's a new segment on the show. Oh, Danae, why'd you have to shoot him? Bring him down to one. I mean, come on. Sitting, you weren't you weren't gonna kill him. You weren't gonna kill him, Danae. Yeah. You just have to throw an arrow at him. I mean, yeah. come on. Are you yeah. in your game? <laughs> did she take her turn, I guess? Yes, she did. I did. She did take her turn. Wow. Uh and I don't have time to take mine. So I will turn my phone over. Man, these these comments are like all over the place. Randomly, someone says, Wrath of Man is so good. And then somebody says, I've seen Karate Kid 1 and 2. And then I started watching Snatch again. <laughs> What's going it's on? It's like com- everybody has their own thing they want to talk about. It's amazing. <laughs> Let's talk Funny. about the art of conversation. Don't stop You know, did either of you try out when they were looking for a new lead singer for Journey? Like, Dude, I mean, it yeah. really should have. No, I'm glad that you. guy got the gig, though. He's amazing. Right? He, he yeah. sounds Good just God. like Steve Perry. I mean, just like Steve Perry. It's so neat. And, like, there's just... And what's the... Uh, and what, Aaron? Was he what's, Philip? Is he Philippine? Is he from the Philippines? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Aaron, what's the name of the guy who sounds just like... Um, Mark Martell. Yeah, Mark Martell. So... But that's a dip, like, and I don't it's know what, if it's just like, but he can sound. He sounds really similar, and then he's just he's able to emulate. Um, well, he put them. He Freddie Mercury. Thank he you. Put them, I could not he, think of the name Freddie Mercury, and he's one of my favorites. <laughs> God, it's been a crazy morning. Who sounds like Freddie Mercury? A, Mark Martell. Who's that? Yeah, it's incredible. You should. You should I, I'll send you a link um, because. Of, but Adam. Lambert, Lambert is Queen's yes. lead so, singer, right? Correct. Yeah. So this is what I was going to say. He kind of put them in an awkward situation because they did the Queen experience. And what they were thinking is, we'll create our own tribute band and make money off of our ah. own tribute band. And we're going to do some promotion and that kind of stuff. And he, he's, his audition tape for the Queen experience went viral. Like uh-huh. in a huge, like he was on Ellen, like, I mean, 20 million views, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Because I kind of remember this now. So much like Freddie Mercury. Um, and so he kind of put him in an awkward place because people were like, well, he you should be yeah. the lead singer of Queen. And I think Queen, I love Mark Martell. We've actually met Mark Martell, yes, we have. Uh, hung out with him. Like he was in a band called Down Here that we, we were mm-hmm. very familiar with and, and hung You've out with. You've got a cool but, picture I took with Mark Martell. Yeah, yeah. Hanging out with him before a concert, that kind of thing. But he, I think Queen may have made the right decision because they weren't trying to find somebody who sounds just like freddie mercury they were trying to find a front person for their band and i think adam lambert 
does fit that for them. He becomes something new. He makes them younger. You know, and he's good. He's a good entertainer. He's, good. I mean, he's, yeah. he's a good artist. Yeah. I if they wanted to if they wanted to blow people's minds and be like, oh, Freddie Mercury has been you know risen again. <laughs> like they would have put Mark Martell yeah. in there, and that has its own positives. But um, by the way, Mark also did the vocals on the Queen movie. Um, his voice is the one you hear during the singing. Um, I should say. They mixed his voice with Freddie Mercury's voice and a little, little itty bit of Rami Malek's voice mm. <laughs> Isn't that... so that he could say he was in there. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was mostly Mark Martell you hear in the uh, Bohemian Rhapsody movie as well. Um, oh, interesting. American Idol, like, like, I think it's funny. American Idol is so far ahead of any other competition show, like as far as what they've produced. Like oh, it's, yeah. not even close, it's not even close, right? Because yeah, like, has no. the voice really produced anybody? Nope. Yes, I mean, yes, there are artists from The well, Voice who have gone on to have that's careers, true. but nothing and like they typically Carrie aren't Underwood. The ones that win. Yeah, but nothing like Kelly Clarkson, Carrie Underwood, Adam Lambert, no. Jennifer Hudson. Like it's crazy the talent that has come from that show. Um, but but yeah, and I think uh, my personal opinion, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that American Idol is actually looking for talented performers, whereas The Voice mm-hmm. is kind of about the coaches. And that's fine. That's entertaining that's true. to There's people. There's more of a focus on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, we should uh, we should rock with it. Let's do it. Here we go. Rock with it. Rock it on. I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, JCD. Oh, that was interesting. Said that at the same time. What does JCD stand for? Just J. Kidding, C- Dad. Really? Do you spell kidding with a C? Just yeah. just chitting, Dad. Yeah, just chitting. Just chilling, dude. Hey, JCD. Good luck. On your presentation. Yay. You're going to do great. Have fun. Yeah. Yep. Be yourself. You have the initials of Jesus Christ, so you should be good at everything. <laughs> Is that how that works? Jesus it's Christ Duper Star. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ Duper Star. Yes, that is what JCD <laughs> stands for. Jesus Christ Duper Star. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Good job, Danae. Thank good job. you. Thank you. No outtakes today. No time for outtakes today. We are sorry that we don't have the outtakes that you love, but there's no outtakes today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 